Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian, and joined with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. Cuckoo! Um, we're talking about a movie today, y'all. Uh... This is this is a continuation of our Halloween horror for cowards. Yep, yep. I, we, we should week two, but we took a week off because we're cowards. Um, <laughs> malignant? Barbarian. Barbarian. God, I'm, I was late. I watched two of these movies, <laughs> and I just want to make sure I'm talking about the right one. In a one. row? Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of bored. Oh, I see. Is Malignant on our list? It's, it's possible. It's, uh. it's on the possible list yeah. that we sent out. Right. But Barbarian, I watched the third one, too, actually. That I liked more of the three, but maybe maybe we'll get to that one eventually. Uh, Barbarian, God, I don't know. It's your worst nightmare about staying at an Airbnb. You show up, somebody else is already there, and then it takes. And that, a, that, that's that's the best that's part the tame of the part, yeah. right? That that seems like it's going to be the premise of the whole movie, and it's not. It's not. It's almost impossible to talk about anything of this. Yeah, it, it takes a left turn. Yeah, and it just keeps going harder. I, I wanna, how often have you guys done Airbnbs? Oh, a lot. My wife prefers them to hotels. Because I, I, I don't believe in them, but my wife thinks that they're uh, somehow more cozy, and I just think they're more expensive and well, more inconvenient. Er, early on, I had some really great experiences with Airbnbs. So when this movie came out, I kind of thought the premise was bullshit. Yeah. These last two I've stayed at, it's like, oh, I can see how that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fun. Um, This has got like a cast of six people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, Justin Long's there just to piss me off. I, well, so look, just because there's only like three main people. There's Georgina Campbell, who's our lead character, J- Tess. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, who like, man, that dude, I, like... I, He's I, perfectly cast I know he, movie. I know he is a person. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like, I respect that that exists. But at the same time, he is like just the perfect fusion of his brother... Uh, Alexander Starsgard and uh, uh, fucking Elvis, yeah, <laughs> whose name I can't remember. Austin Butler. Because when yeah. I was trying to remember this movie, yeah. I was just superimposing either one of their faces. I was like, no, <laughs> it's not either one. It's somewhere right. in the middle. Yeah, but I can't find. Nowhere it. near as handsome as either of them. And but- then also, yes, Justin Long, who I want to make a lobby for right now. That. Every single movie that Jay Baruchel is in, replace him with Justin Long. <laughs> I like Justin Long better. I, I, they're pretty much the same person. One just I, irritates me less. I feel like less. you're about to get some pushback from one Christian Jones. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. On that. <laughs> I, you know, there's an Justin Long's ending in this movie is appropriate, and I'm glad that it's he knows now that this is how every film role should end for him, <laughs> which is that I need spoilers. I need to watch him. Just die in the most brutal, <laughs> painful way repeatedly. It never gets old for me. Uh, and then the guy who played the Night King is the other dude. In the oh, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, see, th- this is funny. This is this kind of shows what I think of you, too. Because uh, Nip says he hates Jay Baruchel. I have no reason to question that. Yeah, of course you do. That seems like something you do. Why do you hate Justin Long so much? I just think he's... I think he's intolerable in every <laughs> film role he's in, and I don't think it's acting. I think he's just intolerable. <laughs> Fair enough. I think it's... If what happened to that character in this movie actually happened to Justin Long, would you be surprised? Probably not. No. Yeah. Now, now, look, I don't think that we have people devoted enough to our cause <laughs> to go back and, and do a tally count, but I feel in my heart that on, on record on this podcast, Christian has more people that he hates for no reason yeah, than I do. <laughs> 
See, I, he always has some way to articulate it, but you usually just, I just don't fucking like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do. I'm not going to argue it. I, I have my prejudices. And listen, so I can backtrack a little bit. I feel like I've been fairly positive on Rosario Dawson recently, but I've, I've refused to back down. I also tried watching that Goosebump show. Justin Long also fucking in that, so I'm tired of him. All right. Well, what anyway. Do we, what, so, do we, what do we think of this movie? Well, um, so this movie... Well, first of all, I, I've already, I think I've already told this story on the podcast before, but I'm going to tell it again. Is that, you know, I had to come out to a friend about being a pussy about this. Like, uh, you know, I had a friend who up until this point thought I was cool, did not know I was a coward. And he was like, hey, man, why don't we go see Barbie? And he was like, nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. It's like, why? Looks too scary. So, uh, but then later... I read a review that called it David Fincher upstairs, Sam Raimi downstairs. Pull that same quote. <laughs> and uh, and like, I didn't even realize that they were talking about literal levels. Yeah, very literal. <laughs> I, 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 but like, as soon as it's like, well, I have to try that. That's literally everything I want from suspense movies. Yeah. Those two guys. The first like few minutes of this movie are, there's just so many red flags and you're just totally like, get the fuck out of there. Get the fuck out of there. When so all of her interactions, when she shows up at the Airbnb and is talking to, which scar god is he again? Bill. Bill. And, uh, you know, just everything he says is a thing that is the wrong thing yeah, to say. Yeah. You know, it's just, and you think that's going to be the movie. And when it's not, it's very surprising. I will say, yeah, you, you pull the fincher Raimi quote, and I feel like that that's a quote that's a good selling point because yeah. it, it appeals to a very specific white guys like us. Right. Uh, but also, I think it generally pretty much achieves that uh, yeah, very totally. well. I uh, think that's a good description. Uh, uh, 100%. The, the whole like first 30 minutes of this movie are just the scene from Zodiac where Jake Gyllenhaal's interviewing the guy with the basement. <laughs> uh, and that's great. Like That's right. like, one of the best scenes in that movie. Right. Uh, look, you said when we uh, agreed to this movie that this is a good movie for cowards because there's nothing like specifically explicit. Like there wasn't like the torture things. It wasn't like hyper gory necessarily. Right. Uh, you know, right. whatever. I I mean, mostly my criteria for that is does it stick with me? I <laughs> and I, this I, didn't really I, stick. I with will me. say there were some there were some very challenging visuals, atmospheres, and really honestly uh, internal feelings about some of the characters in this movie right. that that, that uh, challenged me in a way that I didn't like. So right. I'm I'm uh, I'm pushing back on you a little bit for for telling me that this was odd. Ah, no big deal. You'll be fine. Yeah, um, I kind of push back on it too a little bit. <laughs> I do like your opinion of it. Does it stay with me? Right. Um, but there was more. It's not even like a lot of body horror. Right. But there was more than I anticipated from a movie you would recommend. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I, well, I just got. I got to come back to this because I don't want to forget it. But talking about Bill Skarsgård for a minute, yep. I think he's perfectly cast in this movie because you do not trust that guy I, I to love, save your life. <laughs> I love that there's a line that's written is like, you know, do I look like a monster? It's like, yes! yes! <laughs> that's your whole career, dude! <laughs> but no, he's exactly the kind of handsome that's untrustworthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, you know, he's a little too fit, 
you know, like, what do you need to be that fit for? Yeah. You know, as as far as if you encountered that person in yeah. real life. I should also mention, because we didn't know when we talked about the cast, we didn't mention this is directed by one of the main cast mem- members of the sketch comedy group, Whitest Kids You Know. Uh, wrote and directed by. Wrote mm-hmm. and directed by. Yeah. Right. Uh, and first off, it's it's weird that in recent memory, there are two sketch comedy, like famous sketch yeah, comedy right. actors that have gone on to do like terrific horror movies. Right. But also, I feel like Bill Skarsgård's dialogue in this movie is the most whitest kids you know yes. dialogue in the whole thing. Yeah. It does feel... It, it does almost feel like it's like setting up a joke. Like, it's yeah. just... It just is constantly like... I don't want to say you know the rug's going to get pulled out from underneath you, because it definitely... The movie sets up I mean, up it's to a be horror one. movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but that's not what I mean. Like, you think... It's going to be one thing for yeah. a while, and then it just it just turns into something completely different. Right, and it is almost kind of a joke. Like yeah, it is right. almost like here's all this build up, and now here's the punchline. But yeah. instead of it being funny, it's just highly uncomfortable. Yep, right. I would agree with that. I, I would I would say better than Transformers. Better than Transformers. I mean, I, I say better. Than Transformers. I, honestly, same as as uh, for you for uh, what was the one we did last week? No one will save you. Yeah, for me title sequence i was in yeah right. i thought the title the, sequence the, was the, great the, the the like literal crossing of the threshold into the title sequence <laughs> magnifique right. yeah it, it was like a almost it reminded me of almost like the concept of like a vampire of like inviting them yeah. in like, right like it, it elicits a very like oh you know this is a bad decision right exactly like very visually um I don't know. The, the The opening of this movie is really good. Mm-hmm. Title card, everything. Her sitting in the car, like it's just, it's very uncomfortable and unnerving. Even though nothing's going on, like I don't know. Really, the, I, the opening ten minutes, I was like, oh, I'm yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got a little more cautious the farther <laughs> we got into it, but yeah, I really enjoy the opening. Yeah, better than Transformers. You want to do spoilers? Yes. God. Yeah. So <laughs> there are so many red flags for Bill Skarsgård's character. I was I, I had to go back and check because one of the things that I I remember being weirded out by is like where the fuck is his car? He doesn't have a car, so yeah. you know theoretically whatever rideshare or whatever, but it definitely leads into like where did this guy fucking come from? Right. <laughs> yeah, that has to be intentional. No, it's definitely yeah. intentional. And yeah, I mean, just everything he does is is like just off enough, but also just like human enough, you know, yeah. just like conversational enough that like it's kind of normal, but it's just kind of not. Like trying to force a bottle of wine yeah. on this poor woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. he's, I mean, he's perfectly cast and it's a, a good sequence. Yeah. Oh, guys, what the fuck is up with like anything that happens in the basement? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean... You know, you very quickly, you find out there's a basement and there's a hidden compartment in the basement and you're very much to the girl, don't go in. And then, and then, you know, she listens to you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, unlike most any horror movie you see, she listens to you. Mm-hmm. And then Bill Skarsgård comes back home. It's like, no, we should just go check this out. And what I, what I like about that sequence so much, both what you're, it's to what you're saying, the other thing I enjoy about it is it's very kind of symbolic of the rest of the movie, which mm-hmm. is that it just, the movie just keeps inserting a new element, yeah, a yeah, new yeah. element. Right. And it's just like that hallway, like, oh, there's another door. Exactly. I, I, love, I love that somebody was like, what's scarier than uh, uh, the basement stairs? The basement stairs under the basement yeah, stairs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Also, it's it's a crazy movie when there's like they introduce us like a, a weird prison sex dungeon in like the first twenty five thirty minutes, right? And then like you forget about that shit till the very end. Yeah, right. it almost doesn't even like come back. Like, yeah, right. you would think, oh, this is the line. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, we're gonna go farther. Right. I got a very Silence of the Lambs 
vibe. Oh yeah, from sure, it. Like, sure. When you're like experiencing yeah. it. Yeah. Like, what if Silence of the Lambs was from the perspective of, of Buffalo? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, so you know, very quickly, uh, uh, Bill Skarsgård gets his ass kill- killed. Yep. Uh, we're not. The girl gets dragged off by something. At that point, have we seen it? You see her bash his head in, but yeah, not like a lot. Yeah. Not well. Uh, and then we cut to Justin Long in Hollywood, and like, which is just hard cut, like hard <laughs> cut. Like, what the fuck is going on? How can this possibly have to do with this? Thing it happens. They do that twice in this movie yeah. too. Here's an entirely different story with different people. Right. We're not even gonna tell you fucking names. Right. Hard cut to it. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's it's a it takes a little while for you to figure out how are these two gonna come yeah. back together. Well, it even takes a while. Like that is like. It is a what I do enjoy about that bit is that it's a hard break from what at that point is the most gruesome scene in the movie again up to that point. Yep. And then it never kind of lets the tension off because now you're stuck with this guy who's accused of rape. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's probably another twenty minutes, maybe thirty minutes before he's down in that basement again. I will say this: this brings I have two problems with this movie, and one of them. It has to do with Justin Long, who we pretty much immediately, even though he's playing as the nice guy, we recognize, oh, there's something slimy about this dude. Mm. I think maybe we've overcorrected as a society. Okay. I think at one point we gave, you know, you know, dorky, I'm a nice guy dudes a pass. And in the last decade or so, we realized, oh, those people can be awful. Those people can be horrible. Those people are incels. Uh, But now this almost sends the message of, you can trust the big, handsome, strapping guy. Mm. He's going to do you no harm. Even though he gives you every red flag in the world, uh-huh. there's nothing to worry about with him. Just keep your eye on the dork whose ass you could probably kick. I mean, to be fair, though, he did decide that we should go deeper in the hole right. instead of immediately That's leaving. That's true. There's still there. I guess there was still a message of machismo can get you killed. Yeah, yeah it, for is, sure. it is white knighting a little yeah. bit, though. Yeah. I'll give you that. First off, I think like Justin Long's character is great. I, <laughs> I, I love that he's a piece of shit who like really, really wants to not think of himself as a piece right. of shit. But then, it is funny, but then every single time that like it, there's even like any remote stakes, he turns immediately back into the worst piece of shit that <laughs> yeah. exists. Uh, and, and I mean, it's it's not it's not a funny movie, but the, but the moment he finds the sex dungeon and tries to add more square footage to yeah. the listing, yeah. it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he doesn't even stop. <laughs> so he's like sitting on the bed. Oh god, it's so good. So how we get to him being involved in this is he's he needs money for legal fees. Mm-hmm. He owns this Airbnb and he needs to sell it. Yeah. And so he goes to investigate, which I, leads to the uh, agreed great scene. Yeah, that's a great sequence. I love when he gets in the rental car and the lawyer's like, "What do you mean you're in the rental car?" Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "I'm in fucking Minnesota or Michigan." And he's like, "What the fuck do you mean you're in that whole sequence? Great too." Right. Uh, but the the measuring tape it's, immediately <laughs> finding it and then going to the computer and being like, "Does secret <laughs> sex dungeon add square footage to my house?" <laughs> so funny. Uh, it's good times. And then, of course, you know, he meets up with Tess. And then there's the third storyline as we find the origin of the dungeon, which is fucking horrific. Yeah, horrible. Like, the monster is the monster of our times, but it's not the worst character when you meet. Yeah. yeah. It is kind of, you know, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster right. thing. And then they escape. And I've never, ever, ever wanted to see somebody get their eyes gouged. <laughs> And I just will never forgive you, Hurt, for making me endure that. Okay, I want to be 100% clear. 
I may have been drinking when I watched this, <laughs> and I may not remember that somebody got their eyes gouged out. You don't remember that? I God, don't. it's disgusting. Which is funny because I, I, considering I haven't watched this movie in like six months or something, I've had a pretty good recollection of what happened. Yeah, yeah. It, but I don't remember that at all. Oh yeah, they get to the water tower, and Justin Long throws Tess off. Yep. I do remember that. At that point, I was like, okay. Because, I mean, I'm still, I'm, I guess I'm a sucker. Because I'm still kind of rooting for him to turn out to be an okay guy yeah. at this point. Well, everything but, he's, to just Joseph's point, he keeps making the wrong decisions. But right. he keeps saying, like, right. he's recognizing in it. Like, right, maybe exactly. I am a bad person. Right, right. Yeah. God, he throws her off. <laughs> and the monster, who we haven't talked about, who's the inbred progeny of a fucking horrible human being. Just wants to be a mom. Right. And so she kidnaps people and forces them to breastfeed. And the only word she can say is baby. And it's really bad. But she sees whom she thinks is her baby, Tess, Mm. get thrown off the water tower. So she sacrifices herself. Right. And saves her. Yeah. Uh, Except neither of them die, Tess nor the monster thing. And uh, Justin Long comes down and the monster takes his head and fucking uh, mountains him. Yeah, uh, but digs her nails into his eye, and you see all the squish and the guts come pouring mm-hmm. out. It's so gross. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I vaguely remember that now. I don't. I wonder why I don't remember that more though, because I can remember the end of you know Tess walking off all disheveled yeah. and beat up and stuff. But I I don't remember that though. Maybe I've blocked it out. I, I will say, so I knew there was a twist to this movie, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, the movie almost faked me out. Uh, you know, I think it would, most audience who kind of knew there was something else coming, because you think it's the thing with, with Bill Skarsgård at first, and there's a thing with, like, the, the basement door when they're all asleep and whatever, uh, but then when Tess first comes home from, uh, or comes back to the, the house from her interview, that there's the guy that, that runs down this empty street at her, like, full speed yelling yeah, at her. Right. And I'm like, holy shit, that's a scary movie, right. too. Yeah. Uh, and, like, at that point, we're still very in, like, the realistic realm. Right. And I thought that was going to be, like, oh, okay, we thought it was going to be Bill Scarge got it, but it's just going to be this random psycho on the street that shows up there. Uh, which also, like, first off, good misdirect, but also, I'd be okay with that movie also. Right. Uh, but I love, <laughs> I love, uh, first off, I don't know how that guy knew so much about what was happening under the basement mm-hmm. of this house. But two, like, I, I knew, like, the second he's like, I've been here for 15 years. <laughs> Great like, bit. Yeah. Great bit. <laughs> she comes busting out. I hate to, like, spoil the end of this movie, but I have to recount it for you since you claim to not remember it so much. And again, that's the thing I know you say you hate about horror movies, and it was absolutely on display on this one. <laughs> yeah. A couple of other things I love. Uh, the transition between night and day between the neighborhood, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Which was just like, you've heard Detroit sucks, but it's <laughs> way worse than you know. Like, she's in there at night, can't see anything, and then daylight comes, and it's just awful. Um, and then there are a lot of bits of this movie that are just like, kind of either odes or his version. Like, again, the ending is very, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's the girl walking down the street, mm-hmm. like, just surviving. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's, like, kind of like a Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster bit. And, like, I don't know. I I really enjoy the kind of, like, um, allegory, analogy, reference in storytelling. And, and if stories are good, you can pull from those things and, and do it. And I think this is a really fun way to kind of, like, reinvent some of those ideas right. and stories in there. I don't know. It made me uncomfortable, but no, it, you should well, watch it. Well, here's what what makes like made me the most uncomfortable is like by the end when uh, after Justin Long's got his skull split open and the the monster is like Baba yeah. ing ing mm-hmm. Tess again. I'm like shit. I kind of like I'm like 
I feel for this monster, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's just like it just wants to be a mom. It's protecting right. its child, but it also has to die. Right. <laughs> but, it absolutely has to die. Yeah, it, it, but it, it is. It's like it's weird. Like it's a horrific thing that's designed like visually to make you the most uncomfortable <laughs> as a person you can be. But at the same time, you're like, but I also like I feel for it as right. a person. Yeah. Uh, that's I, which is also I think uh, impressive. Maybe the reason this one didn't stick with me so much is because we're in Florida. Nobody has basements. That's true. We don't. You Not know, a fear like, you have to have in Florida. But at the same time, I've never been in space, and Event Horizon fucks me up. Dude, it's, <laughs> it's very scary. Um, we should do Event Horizon. Oh, God. I don't God. know if I've got that in I kind of want to, because I haven't watched it in, God, 10 years yeah. at least. Um, uh, the, the, uh, one other thing that bugged me about this movie, going back to the beginning, I... I think there could be a good movie made about just two oh, people in an Airbnb yeah, for sure. who don't trust each other, like a Hitchcockian sort of thing. Yeah. And although I'm glad this movie was this movie, it kind of sucks that they've sort of cock-blocked that movie from ever being yeah. made. No, Blumhouse is going to make that movie tomorrow. I mean, that, <laughs> $3 million. That is true. Like, you know, the Five Nights at Freddy movie is exactly like the Nicolas Cage movie. Well, that was exactly well, right. Yeah, exactly. There. Yeah, yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Again, there's probably three interesting movies you could have made. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That is, this is like three different horror movies just smashed together. And Yeah. Know, why not? I should, yeah. I, sh- I should say, so I, I mean, in the end, mm-hmm. it, it ended up being like, I don't know, maybe extended reality kind right. of, kind of, that we're, we're living in, but pretty close to our own. Uh, but when, when the, uh, like the, the homeless guy that's living in the neighborhood says, she's not even the worst thing down there. He's talking about Frank. Right. But I love the idea that it's just like this deep cavern where like <laughs> shit just gets worse the further down you go. Yeah. And there's just like more unthinkable things you, further down. Jones, you talked about everything in this kind of being references to other things. The the homeless guy really reminded me of the grandpa from The Lost Boys. Yeah. You know, with at the end with his, this would be a nice town except for all the goddamn vampires. vampires. It is very much that, yeah. Dude, yeah. I kind of wish that there's still that still is true. I agree. He's definitely talking about Frank, but yeah. I kind of like if you were to make a second one, yeah, just fucking go deeper in the hole. <laughs> yeah. Like let's there's obviously more down let's, there. Let's get another <laughs> set of stairs. Yeah. Right. Either way, this is I would say still it, it pushes the coward boundary in my opinion. No, I, I would agree with that. I think we were a little misled I, coming. I into just this. can't believe I again, I guess it must be the bravery that alcohol induces cuz I I can't believe I was less affected by this than you guys were because I'm. I think I'm the biggest coward of the three of us. That's probably true. I I enjoy fleeing. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. Apparently, that liquid courage is working for you. <laughs> oh, that's might be my favorite thing ever said. I enjoy fleeing. That's great. All right. Anything else on this one? I don't have anything. I got nothing else. It's definitely better than Transformers. I'm well worth a watch. Although, if you've listened to this whole thing now, you know everything that happened. You should still watch it, yeah. though. I think I think it's like it's it's well done in a way that you would still enjoy it, even if you knew all the things that happened. It, it's a great looking movie, both in positive and negative ways. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> I would that's totally true. agree with that. Yep. A- apparently, for as a, as a little, I don't know if you read the same thing, but uh, the little hair on the bottle. The nipple was was like a total accident, but they saw it in a shot and they're like, "This looks great." So then they put more on it. <laughs> That's great. Anyway, uh, 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 Barbarian better than Transformers. What have we been watching the last couple weeks, guys? Before we get into what we're watching, we did get an email this week from our old pal Zach. Oh, cool! Hey, right. Zach. I'll just read it out. He's a big horror movie buff. So for our Halloween horror for cowards, he had some suggestions. He said, "Dear Real Big Fish." 
Uh, heard you were taking on some not so scary Halloween movies. So here are some of my suggestions as someone who used to watch a lot of horror movies. Apologies, you already. Apologies, we haven't heard of any of them. Fuck them. Housebound, a New Zealand comedy horror about a haunted house that has maybe the best balance of comedy and horror I've ever seen. The Babysitter and The Babysitter Two. These two are Netflix, I, th- I think, mm-hmm. and, and do get a bit bloody, but are very fun. And One Cut of the Dead. Zombie stuff. Don't look up anything else about it. Just watch it. Also, also, if someone doesn't want to watch something spookier, they should watch The Void, because I love that movie, uh, and no one else does. That makes me sad. <laughs> love Zach. Yeah. Uh, I will say uh, three of those. The only one, uh, Housebound and the two Babysitter movies are available on streaming. One Cut of the Dead I could not find for free, or, you know, mm. on our existing services. But That's a, kind of an unspoken precursor to this, is that you have to be able to find it on streaming. For, for sure. We don't go out of our way to buy a horror. Right, right. But I'm oh. I'm all about some suggestions. So we'll, I feel we'll like talk about, yeah. we could do one. We one figure it out after we get off there. But yeah. one of those, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Christian, what have you been watching? All right, so like we know, we just do this bit for us. We don't even do it for each other. Just the individual, <laughs> right? Because that's what mine's about to be, and I'm really sorry. Have at it. Well, you know, first movies on a plane. <laughs> we didn't have much. Plan- oh, we had fairly short flights, so I only got one movie plane in. And I made an odd choice. I chose Matrix 4. Uh, Resurrection. I don't know. Pick an R word. Put it back there. It's probably right. I don't remember what I gave it when we watched it for the show. I haven't watched it since then. I'm saying better than Transformers. I'm I'm pretty sure you said better than Transformers. Yeah, maybe you were both pretty positive on that Yeah, I like it. I think it's a good time. You know, things I really enjoy. I don't know. I'm going to try to say that guy's name. Dr. Manhattan? Yep. Great yep. as Morpheus. Yep. I would absolutely watch a Morpheus movie with that guy all the time. I think Jonathan Groff is hamming it up and having a blast. His version <laughs> of Agent Smith, I think, is like super kind of sassy. Don't give a fuck. Love it. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, I don't know that Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu are actually good actors or good in this movie. I think they have incredible chemistry yep. together. Uh, I don't know. I can't imagine anyone else playing those two parts and having the kind of like magnetism that those two have like they just bring like a gravity to that role and that relationship that i just don't think anyone else would capture it's lightning in a bottle they're great together they're like the two high school weirdos that found each other yes that's a great description (laughs) um i don't know i am saying better than transformers i do think i enjoyed it more in the second watch because you i would know we had no idea what to expect when matrix was coming back and um of those first 30 minutes are you know i think it's less cringy but it is very meta, self-aware, self-praising. You know, it didn't right. offend me as much this time as it did the same. The second thing I want to talk about, and this is for a very narrow target audience. I'm just going to go ahead and point that out there. Uh, I've seen a lot on my social media recently, this TikTok that's going around that's spreading like wildfire. You guys probably haven't seen it. We don't have the same friends. But it's Karen Carpenter playing drums. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. I'm, We've I'm, all seen that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I need to address this. Number one, I'm very happy people are learning that Karen Carpenter is a drummer. That That's great news. Right. It's fucking sad we did not know that beforehand. (laughs) Um, Karen Carpenter is an incredible drummer. Uh, And this should be, like, well-documented. We should teach it in our schools. Uh, I'm just a big Carpenters fan to begin with. Right. But, like, I don't think people can fully grasp what Karen Carpenter did. And what I don't like about that clip is she's not singing while she's playing. Mm -hmm. She's just playing. Karen Carpenter was the fucking drummer for the Carpenters. Right. So when you hear Karen Carpenter, you're like, God, what a beautiful voice. This is like top 10 voice of all time. It's so clean and crisp. She has perfect pitch. She's also fucking drumming while she's doing that. Like, the only thing that even comes close is probably Genesis when Phil Collins took over. Right. But Phil Collins isn't even in the same ballpark mm. with Karen Carpenter when it comes to singing. Like, you know, when we're talking about drumming, we talk about independence, hand-to-hand, foot-to-foot, all that going on. And then you're adding 
a different rhythm in your mouth, and then you're adding pitch and tone on top of it. It's incredibly complex. I'm going to sum up the argument with these two points. One of them is real. One of them I've always heard, and I cannot prove, so don't quote me on it. (laughs) The first is that in, like, 1976, Rolling Stone voted her the best drummer in the world. Kind of nuts, because John Bonham was alive at that time. Uh Also, he was furious about that decision. <laughs> Number two, when Neil Peart was asked, what's it like to be the best drummer in the world? His response, I don't know. You got to ask Karen Carpenter. That's how respected she was. She played a very like Buddy Rich jazz style. Right. Uh, and like heavily inspired by Buddy Rich. If you watch the way she plays hi-hat and things like that, it's exactly like Buddy Rich does. That's not easy. That's complex shit. If you're wondering of Carpenter things to listen to, maybe you don't like, you know, it kind of sounds like maybe generic Christian music in today's world but back then that wasn't the case uh they have a in like 1970 they covered help by the beatles it honors the original version sounds very much like it also very carpentry she plays drum set on that um dancing in the street again sounds like every fucking cover of dancing in the street you've ever heard they all sound the exact same right but she's drumming on that and she's singing on that and both are great you know those songs you like those songs might as well listen to that version and appreciate karen motherfucking carpenter because she's awesome i like that's it, it. Uh, you know, I I think that that Rolling Stone thing also at that time, Rolling Stone was real hard on Led Zeppelin. They've only mm. like retroactively decided, no, we love Led Zeppelin. But um, yeah, I, I have this theory that songwriters who start off as drummers are usually better songwriters. Yeah, I I I think it's just they think about a part of the song that someone strumming an acoustic guitar or playing in a piano doesn't, which is the beat. Mm-hmm. You know, they're also thinking of the melody on top of that, but they're thinking that in a way that someone else isn't. You know, uh, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, he started off as a drummer. Kurt Cobain wasn't a good drummer, but started off yeah. as a drummer. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl, exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, Neil so, Peart wrote all the songs for Rush. Right. Fucking Mike Portnoy wrote the songs for Dream Theater, like... Mm-hmm. The list goes on and on. Yeah. A lot of those seemed like in a similar category, then Dream Theater slipped in somehow. <laughs> Listen, I'm firmly in Dream Theater sucks now because Mike Portnoy's not in it. So. <laughs> Have you checked out that band that he's in now? The like three, I can't think of their name, but it's like a three piece band. And it's sort of like a super group, but I don't really recognize uh, the other remember. two guys. He did do, last year he toured with Petrucci again and. Winery Dogs is the name. Winery of Dogs. Uh, yes. Yep, 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 yep. I have listened to them, but yeah. not. I, I listened to a little of it, and I think it just had a had a foot on both sides and didn't really commit. Or were they just trying to be a straight-ahead rock and roll band, but then suddenly it just gets proggy out of nowhere. Yeah. He's know? also a douche canoe. I'm not forgiving that. But I got so excited about Karen Carpenter, I Sorry. forgot what I was going to talk about. I'm just happy you guys have seen it, too. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, don't I, even, I, I like that you think that we wouldn't have. <laughs> well, the thing is, I don't even have a social media, but I guess where I'm on the musician algorithm, it just came up on my Google News feed. Yeah. Um, God, what what did I... I, I oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I, 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 a comic. I bought this comic a while back just because... More that I was interested in the format that it came out in than the actual comic itself. Uh, I'm sure you guys, maybe even Nips, who has no interest in comics whatsoever, are aware of the artist Alex Ross. He, you know, if you're someone out in podcasting land who's not familiar with him, he basically does these sort of photorealistic mm-hmm. superhero comics. And, you know, like his his entrance into the field were bangers. Uh uh, Marvel's Kingdom Come, they're both still all-time classics. But after that, I start to start sour on him. I start to, I don't know, all this stuff starts to look really static. 
And particularly when he does DC heroes, they all seem like they're sort of looking down on you, like sort of judging you and stuff. And uh, I don't know. I basically have this theory almost that uh, that half of what made Zack Snyder's superhero movie sucks was Alex Ross. I feel like he read about three comics in 1986 and then saw how Alex Ross draws superheroes. Like, I'm good. I know how to do this. This is what I'm going to do. But I do like Alex Ross whenever he does stuff in the style of another artist. Like if he if he does like a painted homage, like for instance, he did a print of Dick Sprang's Batman. Who Dick Sprang was the guy who drew uh, Batman in the 50s and 60s while he was still a barrel-chested jolly guy. And it's just great because he draws the class cast of characters exactly like they looked, except photo real textures and it is horrifying hmm. <laughs> but uh but he's also done a lot of stuff with jack kirby and uh he did this book called fantastic four full circle which marvel released through a a secondary imprint i'm assuming to try to get it into places other than just the comic book section of a bookstore so i bought it a while back and really you know i it just kind of sat there looking pretty on the bookshelf but i decided to read it this week and i feel like alex ross also thinks Zack snyder is his fault because this totally seems like his like blueprint of what you should do if you're going to do a fantastic four movie uh it's very very sort of old school dialogue but without getting super campy uh the the, mo- the characters are very kirby-esque but still real textures and i just fucking loved it i thought it was awesome uh, i may go back and give some of his work that i've dismissed a chance now because just because i really didn't like the effect it was having more than just the work itself mm. so uh fantasy were full circle better than transformers also Last night I had boiled peanuts for the first time in years. That is outrageous to me. Okay, here's here's the thing. Here's why. Uh, uh, I don't have a lot of nostalgia really for living the life for the movie theater because I realize it's not there anymore. You know, there's still a shape of it, but it's a completely different thing. There's no way to go back. So why feel nostalgic for it? But I do feel nostalgic for screenings, and a fixture of screenings for me was boiled peanuts. And when I stopped doing screenings, I kind of just forgot about boiled peanuts. But Sarah got home from her road trip yesterday, and she had a big thing of boiled peanuts. Man, boiled peanuts, better than fucking Transformers. (laughs) Better than Transformers, So fucking good. That's it. That's all I got. Worst part of marrying a Yankee is she refuses to eat boiled peanuts. I mean, they are a sell. They seem sort of slimy and bug-like. They're vaguely hairy. You know, they kind of look like something that would be in the basement of Barbarian. But 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 then you taste one and yeah, yeah, you're in. Uh, I also have some movies on the plane. I got more. I got through more than you did. Yeah. Uh, I played video games. That's fair. Uh, I watched John Wick 4. Mm -hmm. And, you know, contrary to popular opinion, I I don't actually like to disagree with you guys. Mm -hmm. I even if I don't like things, I like to like, you know, I want to be on board. I want to be part of the crew. Uh, but I feel like it's time for to you know this is I think a thing I was hiding from myself, but I'm letting down the curtain. I think there's only one good John Wick movie, and it's John Wick One, and there's no other good John Wick movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. I, yeah. I would say I, I use this analogy a lot, but I, I would say they're like ACDC records. They're all the same, 
But if you like them, you'll probably like any of them. I like I like one, and I like the common fight in two, and everything else has just been kind of drudgery. Right. Uh, four is way too long. It's like three fucking hours long. It's just, it's very silly. Like, all of the, the rules and all these fucking bureaucratic bullshitty things, just ridiculous. Uh, I, I will say, uh, you know, it, it's it's all theoretically staging for set pieces. Right. I think some of them are fun. The most fun one I thought, one that I thought was really inventive I hadn't seen before was one where he's like in the car in, in France spinning around and shooting people. I've never seen one done like that before. Uh, but most of the time it was just like, yeah, I, like, I get it. Like, I know what we're going to do here. Uh, it, there are only so many ways you can flip over somebody and shoot somebody else. You know, it's just... It's fine. Anyway. But I still haven't watched the third one. But that reminds me. This is the fourth one. Fourth one, yeah. Have you guys seen the ads for the Continental? It looks yeah. so bad. Well, I mean, that that main character is supposed to be, I can't think of it, Ian McShane, yeah, right? I think so. Man, you can look up Ian McShane in that time frame. He basically looks like he does right now. <laughs> like, he was never a young, smooth, sexy guy. He's always been sort of leathery and greasy. It came out the womb like right, that. like he's been he's been fifty since he was twenty. Yeah, yeah. Ian McShane's always good for hamming it up. I, I have no qualms against Ian McShane. Oh, totally. Yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, John Wick four and and retroactively John Wick three and most of John Wick two worse than Transformers. <laughs> I don't disagree with your take per se. I think two is good. I don't think three is three is a kind of just a rehash again. There's nothing new there. Yeah. It's just. It's become like Fast and the Furious. It's like, what set piece have we not done and yeah. we can do? Let's add a dog. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched Super Mario Brothers. Oh, yeah. I forgot you watched that. Which, you know, I think I think your assessment of it was really accurate uh, in that it's just, it's a fine movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's it's not great. It's not bad. It's it's flashy. It's very like you know entertaining. It moves quick. It looks great. Yeah, the animation is incredible on mm-hmm. it. Uh, but you know it's it it's almost nothing. You know it it is cotton candy in your mouth. Yeah, it's for seven year olds. Yeah, like, I mean <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. And I think that's just fine. Yep. Uh, but I, better than Transformers. This is an easy like ninety minutes. Uh, the only other thing I, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug a, po- a podcast again uh, that I, I uh, just started listening to a while back. So for a long time I've listened to an Australian podcast called Do Go On. That's like an informative comedy podcast where they like pick a topic and talk about it and joke around about it. And I like learn things, but it's fun and it's a great show by itself. One of the guys from that podcast started a separate podcast called Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. And it's kind of a quiz game showy show, but if you've ever played what's that Jackbox games, you've probably played something similar. Uh, the the uh, gist of it is he finds pretty obscure trivia questions that you're not supposed to know the answers to. The point isn't to know what the correct answer is. Uh, where he inserts the correct answer, two fake answers that he puts in, but then the guests on the show. So he has two, three, sometimes four guests. Each of the guests writes a fake answer for each question. Mm. Uh, and you, the goal is obviously to get the correct answer, but also to get other people to guess your fake answer. You get points for that also. Okay. Uh, and I will say it's super, like it's all the people that show up on the show are comedians. Some of them play the game. Some of them don't. I don't think it's as fun when people don't play the game <laughs> right. because I think the fun is to like be stumped with them to be like, you know, what, fuck those all sound pretty legitimate. Mm, what right. is the correct answer? 
but it also can be fun when it gets really fucking off the rails uh, because the host had like has a very loose set of like what he thought the game was going to be and enforces none of the rules. So anyway, uh, uh, who knew it was Matt Stewart better than Transformers? It's, it's been uh, uh, a favorite of mine recently. You've been podcasting it up lately. Yeah, I have been. I don't know what's up with that. Yeah. But uh, uh, I think that's it for this week. Next week, another horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of those, uh, the the homebound one, you know, yeah. where it was more comedy, sounds up my alley. I'm I'm game for it. But also, this uh, the babysitter sounds like it would have an airbrushed VHS cover. So I also like that. It is very. I, I haven't watched it, but I remember the trailers being like a very like 80s I mean, slasher. Definitely what oh, they're going for. Yeah. I think. Well, yeah. I, I like to do a slasher movie every year, so maybe that one. I don't yeah. know. All right. So next, maybe both. Maybe maybe, yeah, both. maybe we'll see how it goes. But thanks everybody for listening. Please rate and subscribe. Tell your friends about the podcast. If you want to get in touch with us and tell us what you thought about Barbarian, you can get in touch with us at realphonies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies on Instagram, real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later.